Wellington Links rely on partnerships and the amazing work of so many organizations and leaders to achieve our collective community goals. I hold dear the bonds of friendship. We are friends transforming communities through service. implement transformative programs that address the most critical needs of underserved communities. Welcome to LinkedIn Impact with the Arlington Links, a podcast which transforms our community by highlighting the issues, resources, and leaders that you need to know. I learned that my story was not uncommon. There were others like me, just like me, black like me, healthy like me, doing their best, just like me. And they faced death, just like me too. Allison Felix, Olympic track and field champion. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of LinkedIn Impact with the Arlington Links. My name is Krista Jones, and I'm your host for this podcast produced by the Arlington, Virginia chapter of the Links Incorporated. We have all heard the stats. The maternal death rates for Black women, regardless of socioeconomic status, are more than that of white women. The 2022 documentary Aftershock, directed and produced by Paula Iselt and Tanya Lewis-Lee, was a heart-wrenching accounting of how maternal mortality strikes Black families and what is being done to solve the crisis. For one, Birth workers, doulas, and midwives are associated with improved maternal outcomes. Additionally, the Black Maternal Health Momnibus, introduced by the Black Maternal Health Caucus and reintroduced in the 118th Congress in May of 2023, is a comprehensive legislative initiative aimed at eliminating preventable maternal mortality, severe maternal morbidity, and health disparities in the United States. In this conversation, I speak with Mallory Impare with the March of Dimes to talk more about this critical issue and what we can do. Thank you, Mallory, for joining us on the podcast today. We're excited to have you with us. To start out, could you talk about just kind of an overview of the current maternal health crisis today and how we got where we are today? Sure. And thank you so much, Krista, for having me. I would say that there are a number of maternal health challenges facing the U.S., which together sort of are coming together to create this crisis situation. So some of those factors are increasing high-risk pregnancies, which we hear a lot about, you know, more people entering pregnancy above the age of 35 and coming to pregnancy with hypertension or diabetes. But then there's also barriers to adequate pre- and postnatal care. So are there transportation issues that keep people from going to their appointments on time? And then, of course, there are gaps in the continuity of care across that entire perinatal health period. And we know that one of the results, one of the effects, are these large racial disparities we see in mortality and morbidity rates. So, for example, according to data from the Centers for Disease Control, about 33 mothers died for every 100,000 live births in 2021. And that was an increase of about 40% over the 2020s rate. And that does not really include all of the things that were happening during COVID. So we expect those numbers to, over time, maybe not look even as great as these do now. And as a point of comparison, that is many times greater than 
other industrialized nations. So this is really one of those points where American exceptionalism is not playing out. At the same time, maternal mortality rate, as I alluded to, for Black women is about two and a half times the rate of white mothers in the U.S. And then all of those issues are sort of exacerbated by these larger systems level challenges. For example, we see provider shortages and hospital closures that create maternity care desert. So in fact, we recently at March of Dimes released a study that showed that access to birthing hospitals has declined in nearly half of all the U.S. states. And that really creates a situation where individual patients, individual pregnant people are increasingly vulnerable to care and also exposed to the risk of not having care. And the U.S. does not do a great job of supporting or utilizing the midwifery care model for low-risk birth and reserving sort of the OBGYN expertise and surgical um, skills for those situations that really warrant it. And what that does is it contributes to a high-level rate of, for example, unnecessary C-sections, which introduce even more additional risk to those pregnant people who find themselves in that situation. So I would say it's sort of a confluence of a number of individual-level factors. They're all kind of colliding together to create a situation where it's pretty dangerous if you are a woman bearing children in the United States as compared to other countries across the world. Absolutely. And just to hear you lay everything out, it just it's astounding that the United States of all countries Mm -hmm. um, could be dealing with these issues like we are. So thank you for providing that overview. What does the situation look like in the D.C. metro area compared to the rest of the nation? Yeah, so I think D.C. is very interesting in the metro area in general, just because it is thought to be this area that has a lot of resources. We have a number of excellent hospitals that provide excellent services to the folks in the community. But I think that does not protect D.C. from experiencing many of the same issues that we see in, for example, maternity care deserts or other rural and urban centers that ultimately lead to poor outcomes for moms and their babies. So, for example, just like in rural parts of the country where we've seen, you know, this decrease in the number of hospitals and birthing centers, we've seen a similar trend here in D.C. And that we know that that's likely contributing to disproportionate health outcomes, especially especially for the Medicaid population, who may now have fewer places or fewer options where they can access care or give birth. But drilling down a little bit more, the story here in D.C., Maryland, Virginia, I would say, really is one about disparity. And I'll use D.C. as a case study because I think the disparities are the broadest and the widest here. So in D.C. specifically, Black people make up about 90 percent of birth-related deaths in D.C., even though they only account for half of all D.C. births. So immediately from that statistic, we can tell that it's Black families, Black women, Black birthing people who are really carrying the burden of poor outcomes, especially when it relates to maternal mortality. Whereas nationally, the maternal mortality rate is, as I mentioned, around 33 deaths per 100,000 live births. DC's maternal mortality rate is 70, 71 deaths, 100,000 live births. So it's about two to two and a half times worse for people in DC. But we know that, as I mentioned, nearly all of those deaths are among Black women. So in fact, 70% of those pregnancy-associated deaths that have occurred in D.C. 2019 analysis um, occurred to birthing people who were living in Ward 7 and 8 in Washington, D.C., which both have populations consisting of more than 90% Black people and have historically been disinvested communities. Um, Maternal mortality is not the only challenge that we see across the region. We also see much higher preterm birth rates around Black women 
in DC, Maryland, Virginia, the preterm birth rate hovers around one out of 10 births being preterm. But we also know that Black women have many, many times higher rate for their experience. So in DC, for example, 77% higher rate for Black women experiencing preterm birth than all other women. So those are some of the key that I think point us in the direction of DC having sort of a broad experience for women in terms of having positive experiences for these sections of the population, but also very bad experiences for other key sections of the population. Exactly. And you did a great job of laying out some of the structural challenges in terms of our current maternal uh, health crisis. But are there any other possible causes specifically for the Black maternal mortality issues? So I would say that as far as we can tell, it really is multi-level, multi-causal. But I will say that something that sort of undergirds the experience for Black women in particular is the history of systemic racism and how that's really shaped their individual interaction with medical systems. So what is their personal experience of bias, stigma, and racism, and how does that impact how they seek or do not seek caregiving behaviors? And then also how it shaped the broader, much larger medical and healthcare system, which of course plays a role. So are there providers who potentially don't have training around stigma and bias and how that might shape the patient provider experiences? Are there systems in place that make it such that Black people cannot access the care in the way that other populations do, which subsequently has impacts on their birth outcomes. So I think that's really the key piece. But we also know that Black women's outcomes are worse than others in the U.S., really regardless of education, income, and or insurance type, or many other sort of defining characteristics that you might think would play a part. But this issue and experience of racism remains consistent. So we definitely know that that is a huge contributing factor to why the rates are so high among Black women and people in particular. Absolutely. And I'm really glad you mentioned the concern about it being racism at the root at a lot of this. I think for so long, it just feels like the trauma that African-Americans have to go through every day. And we haven't always named it trauma, but I feel like we've just been told to just deal with it. I just think that there are, there are probably so many ways that we don't know it impacts us because we've just had to Mm -hmm. come to deal with it. So thank you for laying that out. What are some of the proposed policy changes that are being recommended to eliminate the disparities in Black maternal mortality? Yes, I think there has been a lot of energy, at least in the last couple of years, around identifying the causes, which we discussed, but also then pointing towards solutions to eliminate these disparities, which we know play a huge role in whether or not the U.S. will continue to be a dangerous place for women to give birth. Um, One of those things that we do at March of Dimes is really look towards promising policy that can have kind of broad ranging impact. And so we've been doing a lot of advocacy around the federal level Black Maternal Health Momnibus Act, Mm -hmm. which is basically a package of bills that touch on broad areas of maternal health, really taking a comprehensive approach to addressing some of the social drivers, especially of mortality, morbidity, and of course, trying to get at this issue of the disparities that we see. So it includes, for example, um, growing and diversifying the perinatal workforce. So not only um, making sure that we have uh, trained OBGYNs and midwives, but are there other community supports like doulas, lactation consultants that really are critical to seeing positive outcomes for Black people? But we're also investing, the, or excuse me, the act also includes investments 
in strengthening or addressing some of the social drivers of health that shape maternal health. So I talked earlier about sort of transportation as a barrier that we see locally, but that we also, even in an urban community, but that we also see in rural communities and making sure that there is access to transportation so that patients can get to their care, so they can get to their providers, but so they can also get to quality and healthy foods. So it's kind of, it's a great piece package of legislation because it's really been thoughtful about what are all the different sort of touch points for maternal health or for shaping maternal health and how can we include them in this comprehensive package so that we can be addressing all these multi-causal, multi-level issues in sync. Um, And then I'll also say like locally, some of the work that I've seen being done is really a lot of work around ensuring that the existing perinatal health force is aware of how, for example, implicit bias can really play a role in care-seeking behavior of individual patients, but also shape the patient-provider experience. So, for example, in the state of Maryland, there has been legislation passed in the last few years that uh, mandates that uh, providers take some kind of implicit bias training to really combat or at least educate providers on what their actions can do to shape that experience. And there's been similar work done in Virginia and work starting to be done also in D.C. around this around this point. Well, it's great to hear that there are some substantive policy solutions being proposed. What else besides advocacy is the March of Dimes doing to combat Black maternal mortality? Sure. So we have, we take sort of a multi-pronged approach. And of course, one of those prongs is policy and advocacy. But another piece of that really is developing sort of programmatic approaches to addressing disparities that we see across the maternal health spectrum with a focus on what the experience is for Black women. So for example, we locally in the Maryland, D.C. area have a mobile health program that's really focused on reaching vulnerable populations, Medicaid populations, populations that are uninsured, and Black populations in the community, and really providing a point consistent quality care, but also a point for referrals for those other kind of wraparound supports and services, including doulas, including WIC access, including um, housing and food access to ensure that we're really kind of addressing the whole person, the whole human, because we know all of those things have an impact on what their health and outcomes might be. And then I would say the other thing that we're doing is really kind of innovative research. So of course, there's the clinical research that we're doing to help identify points of intervention during the clinical and caregiving period to predict whether or not someone might have an adverse outcome and see whether or not there might be something to do to intervene. But then we're also doing research around promising practices like doulas and community health workers to see if there are other community-based approaches to addressing Black maternal mortality and Black poor, poor outcomes in infant health um, for Black communities so that we can see if there are other promising practices that we can share and scale across communities that might benefit from having those supports. Excellent. It's great to hear about all of the work that the March of Dimes is doing, and the Lynx is also proud to partner um, at the national level with the March of Dimes. Do you have any final recommendations for what community organizations can do who want to help improve maternal health? Yeah, and I love this question, and my first recommendation is really to always look at models of success that are happening right there in the community that you're interested in impacting, especially when you're talking about communities of color, and see how you can support those efforts or where appropriate, replicate and scale them. So for example, we know that doulas are great supports and advocates for pregnant people. 
So are there ways to ensure in your community or in other communities that all moms have access to them as an additional resource? But I would say that many of the solutions that we think are likely going to be promising for especially Black communities, Black people, and Black mothers in particular, likely already happening in some community somewhere. Someone's probably already doing the work that's having great impact. It's just identifying those solutions and making sure that there's awareness about their efficacy and how effective they might be for a particular population. Here, and I think that's that's really good advice. Well, thank you, Mallory, so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated the time to share. Thank you for listening to our conversation on the Black maternal health crisis with Mallory Impare from the March of Dimes. To learn more about Aftershock, visit aftershockdocumentary.com. To learn more about the March of Dimes efforts, please visit marchofdimes.org. And for more information on the Arlington, Virginia chapter, visit our website at arlingtonlinksinc.org and follow us on social media at Arlington Links. Arlington Links.